welcome to the podcast of the Vine Church in Fullerton, California. For more information, visit thevineoc.com. Well, hey, welcome back, everyone. And again, we're just so glad that you could join us this morning for worship. In a moment, we're going to look at God's Word together, but Before we do, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge what I know that so many are experiencing this morning, which is just a tremendous sense of grief over the loss, over the senseless killing of George Floyd. And when I read the news uh, this past week, when I watched the video, I don't know how to describe it. It's like my heart broke. And I know that uh, so many are just like reeling this morning, and so I, I just want to give voice to that. I want to acknowledge that, and as a follower of Jesus, I just I, I refuse to remain silent in the face of that, and I just want to raise my voice in lament and say, "How long, O oh Lord? How long, O oh Lord, will this continue?" And I know that there are communities grieving at an even deeper level and and who are experiencing a whole range of emotions. And I just want to say that God sees you, that he hears the cries of your heart, that he's the God who weeps with those who weeps. And he's also a God of justice. And so in this moment, this is a time for us to speak truth, to contend for justice. But I do want you to know that God is with you in this time. And in my prayer, this Pentecost Sunday is that the Holy Spirit would come and do a deep work in this nation. Uh, And one of the things the Bible tells us is the Holy Spirit leads people to repentance. And so my prayer is that he would come and lead this nation to repentance for every way it's been complicit in the sin that is racism and all the injustice that has flown from that. And I also pray for God's healing, for his comfort, for his hope, for all those who've been affected. That is my prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that through it now, you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, we offer you this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, recently I I heard news that barbershops and salons will be reopening soon in Orange County, and perhaps they already have. But last week before that news broke, I just kind of reached that point where I just, I'd, I'd had enough. And so I asked my wife to give me a quarantine cut. And I actually think, I actually think she did quite well. And I think maybe she discovered maybe what will be a new side hustle. I don't know, but I think she did well. And so I don't even know why I'm sharing that, but uh, that's kind of the quarantine latest <laughs> with me. But we're looking today at the story of Pentecost. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And this is like one of my favorite days in the church year. And on Pentecost Sunday, what we're remembering, what we're celebrating is is the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the early church with transforming power. And so I want to explore together what happened on that day. And along the way, I want to just highlight for us some specific ways I believe this ties to where we are as a congregation. But the day of Pentecost, it was both a transitional moment and a transformational moment for the early church. And we are in a transitional moment as a church, but I believe that this is a moment that God wants to use in a transformational way for us 
in this time. And I just want to say that I'm excited about what I see God doing in our midst, in our church, and, and what I believe He has in store for us. And, and so I'm just, uh, just yeah, excited. And, and I, I, I want to share at the end of the message uh, a specific update about something we believe that God is leading us into in this new season as our state begins to reopen. And so this is sort of, you might think of it as sort of a vision Sunday as we're entering into this new phase together. Now, there's just so much we could talk about in this passage and even just in terms of what God is doing in this season. And so this is going to be at least a two-part series. We'll see. But I'd like to walk through this passage together. And again, we're in Acts chapter 2, and we're starting in verse 1. And it says this, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So who is this referring to? Well, this is referring to the disciples, to the early church. And we're told in Acts chapter 1 that there are only 120 people uh, at that time. And, and the context is that Jesus has just ascended to the right hand of the Father. He's just ascended to heaven. But prior, just prior to his ascension, he gave his disciples an instruction. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, he says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. So when we find the disciples here, they are gathered in a room, we are told, they're in a home, and, and we are told that they are waiting. And I just can't help but notice the parallel with our situation. Here we are, we've been in our homes for months and we're, we're waiting. And so what does God want to do in us in our waiting? Well, I think it ties to this passage you see, the early church, they weren't simply waiting for God to say, okay, you know, time's up, you can go outside. They weren't simply passing the time. Rather, they were waiting for something much deeper. And what they're waiting for is what Jesus refers to as the gift His Father had promised. And what He's referring to here is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the one who is the very presence of God. And I believe that in our waiting, God is actually trying to stir in us a, a deeper longing, a deeper hunger for Him, for more of Him, for more of His presence in our lives. A friend shared with me recently, and, and he gave me permission to share, but he shared for me that how in this time of quarantine, how it's like really taken a toll on him spiritually, and perhaps some of you can relate. And he said he's been joining us for online services, but he shared he's just really been struggling in this time and he used a phrase that really struck me and and he said i feel god sick he said i feel god sick and what he's referring to is just like this ache this longing for god and and some of his usual ways of connecting with god haven't obviously not been there for him in this time and so he's feeling god sick and i and i totally get that and after he shared that i just affirmed that and and, and you know that that ache is real and I also said, you know, that's actually a beautiful thing. And so I just prayed for him. I, I blessed that. And I prayed that God would actually stir that even more in him. And, and, and I really believe that this is something that God wants to stir in us as a people in this time of waiting. The kind of longing we see in Psalm 42, where the psalmist says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? And I really believe that sort of longing is actually what's in the backdrop of 
this passage that the disciples are not simply counting down the days, rather their waiting is a waiting filled with longing. You remember Jesus, he was the one that they loved more than anything. They'd left everything to follow him and now he's ascended to heaven. And so they're longing for him to pour out his spirit who is also referred to as the spirit of Christ, who is the one who mediates to the church, the very presence of Christ. And so the early church, they're in this room, they're they're waiting, but it is a waiting again that is filled with longing. And so I just have to ask, just, just by way of application, what are you waiting for in this time? Are you just counting down the days or is there a deeper longing that God is stirring in this time? And, and if so, I encourage you to listen to that. But how we respond in this season is so important, is so key. Now, the temptation in a time of waiting, especially when it goes on for a long time, in a time of, of longing, is to simply to kind of shut down. But the disciples, they respond in a way that is so instructive for us. Because what we see here is that they allow their longing to lead them to seeking. They allow their longing to lead them to seeking. In Acts chapter 1, verse 14, again, it says they all join together constantly in prayer. You see, their longing leads them to seeking after God. And I believe that that is God's invitation for us in this time, that we would do likewise, that we would not allow ourselves to get distracted or to become complacent or to shut down, but rather we would double down on our pursuit of God. And and there's a wonderful promise in scripture, Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. But I want you to notice it says not some of your heart, but it says all of your heart. And that's really the kind of seeking we see in this passage. And I shared a moment ago about my friend who was feeling God sick. And as I mentioned, we, we prayed together. And again, I just blessed that longing. And I pray that God would stir that even more and, and, and that, that longing would lead him to seeking that as he sought that he would find. And so I was so encouraged. He emailed me later that day and he said, right after your prayer, I had the idea, and I'm reading from his email, he said, right after your prayer, I I had the idea that I should go listen to hymns. So afterwards, I went out walking and sang every hymn I could remember. Don't you just love that? I just love that. He's like, I'm going for it. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to go find a way to connect with Him, even in the midst of this difficult season. And for him, you know, he shared how it was something as simple as a walk and just singing every hymn he knew that that helped him connect with God in a deep way. And I think that is just beautiful. And so by way of application, what are the longings that God is stirring in your heart in this time? And what are you doing with them? And I know that sometimes we can keep those things bottled up. But when we do that, it's almost like they become like a weight and and they weigh us down. And so I believe the invitation for us is to release those longings to God and to express those to Him. And that's what we see the disciples doing in this passage. Again, it says they were constantly in prayer. And I've heard our Bishop Todd Hunter share that he believes the first Christian prayer, the earliest Christian prayer was come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. You know, we we long for you. We need you. Come Holy Spirit. 
And I don't know about you, but I'm just so aware right now of my need for more of God, for, for more of His presence, for myself personally, for my family, for our church, for our nation, for this world. And so I just pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. So the disciples are in this room, they're waiting, they're seeking, but there's something else that I want you to notice here in this verse. And it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. Now, what is significant about that verse? Well, when you first read it, it can look almost like a throwaway line, like, okay, they're all together in a room. Okay, next verse, right? There's actually something deeper going on here. The Greek word that's translated here as together, it's actually used by Luke in several other places in the book of Acts in a way that refers not just to uh, spatial proximity, but actually to togetherness. In other words, to unity. Again, in verse 14 of chapter 1, it says, they were all, they're all joined together constantly in prayer. And again, what this is expressing is a togetherness of unity, and that we're, we're being told here they're not just 120 people in a room together, but rather that their hearts are united in prayer, that they're actually experiencing a deep level of unity in this group of people. And, and unity is just such a beautiful thing. I'm reminded of Psalm 133, verse 1, where it says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is a beautiful thing. And not only is it a beautiful thing, it's actually a powerful thing. And one of the things we see in the book of Acts is actually there, there's a pattern. There are actually several sort of almost like mini Pentecosts in the book of Acts. For example, uh, in chapter 4. And, and each time we see that those moves of God are preceded by unity, by Christian unity. And throughout Christian history, throughout church history, through every move of God that I'm aware of, it was always preceded by unity in the body of Christ. And, and so what we see here is not only is unity beautiful, but it's also powerful. And so it is so important that we guard this. Now, just uh, sort of some good news. Uh, I just have to share with you that in our city right now and that in our region, I am seeing unprecedented unity between churches. It is just uh, amazing. I mean, churches and pastors standing together, uh, praying together, uh, serving uh, together. It's just amazing. I've, I've, I've gotten to know other pastors in the city so much more deeply. Uh, we're, we're doing Zoom prayer calls, uh, and it's just amazing. Now, in contrast to this, I have a friend who planted a church in our city in the early 2000s, and he shared with me that back in that time, that really it was a very different reality, that it was almost more like a kind of a turf warfare between churches. So I, I just want to celebrate and share with you that the reality that I'm seeing right now is just an unprecedented unity in our city and in our region amongst churches. It is a, a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And actually right now we are linking arms with other churches more than ever before in compassion ministry, in prayer, in evangelism. And I just wish I had the time to share all the stories, but it's just a, a beautiful thing. And I just pray that that unity continues. So, so that's the good news, and, and we celebrate that. And uh, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I just have to say that I see on the horizon the potential for division. And one of the things that I've observed, and I'm sure you have as well, is, is that opinions are running very high right now 
around the pandemic and uh, policy decisions around that and, and, and scientific things around that. And, and so I see a tremendous sense of potential for disunity, which could emerge within and, and between churches, especially as churches are trying to figure out what to do in, in this time. And therefore, I just want to just kind of put this on our radar that this is something we need to be aware of and that we need to guard against. And as our staff team has been in prayer, and we just, you just I want you to know that we are a people of prayer. We, we place such a high priority on prayer. And so we spend a lot of time in prayer as a staff team every week. And one of the things that we felt like one of the scriptures that we believe the Lord has given us is 1 Peter 5, 8, which says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, the enemy, he can come at us in various ways, but, but my sense is that in this time, that one of the ways he's going to try to come at the church is actually to attack the church's unity. And so I just want to put that before you, that this is something we really need to guard in this time. And as I reflect on Scripture, one of the ways that unity was undermined amongst God's people in the past, if you think back to the, the, the people of Israel, uh, back in the day, one of the ways that disunity got started amongst them was actually through complaining and grumbling. And so I think that's something that God really wants us to watch in this time. And and just to maybe just kind of uh, really just just really just focus this on on this moment we're in as a congregation. I just want to share that as our state begins to reopen, um, for me the most important question is not the what question. In other words, what is our plan? In this next phase and for me the most important question isn't even the when question in terms of when will we be able to hold services in our building again for me the most important question by far and away is the how question how will we walk this out together how will we navigate this and walk this out as the people of god because jesus said the greatest commandment is what is love love god with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. No commandment greater than these, he said. And Jesus also said that the way the world would know that actually that we are his followers is how? By our love for one another. And I'm also reminded of what the apostle Paul said. He said the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing, that is it. Not how right your opinions are about the pandemic or the policies surrounding it or what churches should do in light of it. The only thing that matters, he says, is faith expressing itself through love. And so, so in, in this moment, I just want to say very clearly that, that what is going to be guiding us in every decision we make is those two things, faith and love. That, that, that's it. We will not be motivated by fear. We will not be motivated by worry. We will not be motivated even by hurry. And by the way, Dallas Willard used to point out that although Jesus, he was busy sometimes, he was never in a hurry. And so for us, what's going to motivate us in this season for every decision that we make will be faith and love, complete trust in God, in his care for us, in his providence, in his faithfulness, in our love for him, our love for each other, and our love for our neighbor, and our love for our cities. And, and that is really what will guide us in this process. Now, in terms of how we walk this out practically, I, I just want to say that I think what this is going to require of us is tremendous humility. Uh, that's another thing that, that God's been speaking to our staff team about in, in a scripture 
we believe the Lord has given us is prefer one another. Romans 12 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. In other words, honor the well-being and the interests of others above your own. That is our call, especially in this time. Now that verse might have to be its own sermon uh, at some point, but I just, I wanted to mention that uh, to you. But my point here is simply that how we navigate this season together is actually the most important question by far, and that every other question is actually secondary to that. Now, as we move on to verse two, um, uh, I just want to refresh. So there's, there's this group of followers of Jesus. They're gathered in, in a room, but then something extraordinary happens. And, and we read, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were gathered. Now, I want to call your attention to this word, suddenly. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now what this verse indicates, what this tells us is two things about the Holy Spirit. And the first is this, that he has a mind of his own, that he has a mind of his own. Jesus in in a conversation with Nicodemus back in John chapter three, and he's referring to the work of the Holy Spirit, and he says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. What is his point? Well, that the Holy Spirit has a mind of his own. He has a mind, he has a will, he's sovereign, that in the words of the Nicene Creed, he is the Lord, the giver of life. And, and actually the word for spirit in both Hebrew and Greek carries the image of, of wind, the energy of moving air. So the Holy Spirit is God on the move. Um, he has a mind of his own. And and so the second thing that this tells us, therefore, is that we should expect, in a sense, the unexpected. (laughs) Because the Holy Spirit is sovereign. He has a mind of his own, and and he has his own uh, priorities and and, and will that we should therefore expect the unexpected, in a sense. Now, so the disciples, so let me illustrate. So the disciples, they're gathered, and and they knew that the Holy Spirit would, would be poured out at some point because Jesus promised them But they didn't know how, they didn't know when, they didn't know what that would look like. And so the timing of what happened here, uh, what that looked like. So they had no idea that there'd just be this, you know, this this violent gust of wind that that would fill the house or that there'd be something like tongues of fire that would fall from heaven upon them. uh, And that that would lead in this this mysterious, amazing way to them being able to share the gospel with 3,000 people. Uh, And and so just one of the things we see here is the immense creativity of God, that that sometimes we can put him in a box, but he is an immensely creative God who is full of surprises. And and therefore, we need to be careful to not assume we know his playbook just because of how he worked in the past. So so James puts it like this in his letter in, in chapter 4, James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. And he says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money, while you do not even know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And so I guess what I'm driving at here is is this theme of humility again, but from a different angle. And what I want to suggest 
is that in this season, as we navigate our state beginning to reopen, we need to walk in humility, not only with one another, but also before God, because He is the sovereign Lord, He has a mind of His own, and He is immensely creative. And so what this has meant practically for our staff team is that in this time, our question has not been, how quickly can we return to what we were doing prior to COVID? Rather, our question has been, God, what are you doing in this time? God, what are you doing in this moment? Because that's all we want, whether that's the same as, as what things have been in the past or that's different. All we want to be a part of is what he's doing. And so we've been sitting with that question because we're going to be led by God. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And actually, Jesus said of himself, he said, I only do what I see my father doing. And he was led by the Holy Spirit. And that's really what we want as well. And so in this time as a staff team, we've been spending a lot of time in, in prayer. And one of the things we feel that the Lord has been saying to us about this moment is that He wants us to not plan too far ahead, to take this one step at a time, to follow His lead, again, just one step at a time. And, and so with that said, as we close today, and again, there's so much more in this passage, and so I want to come back to this story next week. But as we close today, I want to share with you how we believe that God is leading us as a church in this next step. And uh, the first thing I want to say is that uh, through much prayer and thoughtful discussion that we do not have plans at this time to resume large sort of, you know, in-person uh, worship services. And we know that they will come and we long for that. We don't know when that will be, but we're not there yet. And, and there really, there are two main reasons for this. And the first is, uh, as you may be aware, that California last week uh, uh, put forward a, a document, a 12-page document, um, with uh, regulations and, and, and guidelines and rules for churches who would attempt to uh, reopen for, for worship services. And uh, I might get into more details next week, but basically just to sum it up, long story short, that it just, it's simply not possible in light of that for us to resume worship services at this time. But really, the second reason uh, is that our staff, as we've spent so much time in prayer and seeking the Lord and seeking what His will is, that, that we just we have not felt Him leading us to pursue that at this time. And just so you know, everyone on our staff team, everyone on our church council is agreement uh, with that. Uh, and again, we long for the day when we can resume those, those in-person worship services together. And, and, and we are so longing for that. But again, we believe that God is calling us to be patient in this process. But we are excited to share a new development, and, and we're just we're so excited. And so in addition to continuing our online worship services and, uh, and continue, in addition to continuing our Zoom-based small groups and other ministries that we have going right now, that in addition to that, we believe that God is leading us to make available an in-person connection opportunity uh, for our church. Now, this is not a worship service, but this will be rather an informal sort of connection opportunity. And of course, people have been isolated in this time, and we know that this has been taking a toll on people, on people's mental health, on people's spiritual health. And so we feel that for those who are ready, that we believe that God is actually calling us to begin something that we are going to call community lunch, community lunch. And what's amazing is that as our staff team spent time in prayer, and there were four of us in this particular meeting, and as we spent extended time listening to the Lord, every single one of us felt like we heard the Lord say the exact same thing 
independently. Now, confirmation is good. Uh, triple confirmation is really cool, but quadruple confirmation, that's, that, that's just awesome. So uh, but we're just excited about that. But, but here's what this is going to look like. Let me just get kind of practical for a moment. So starting next Sunday, June 7th, we're going to begin offering a weekly, again, a weekly informal connection opportunity after our church service. And we're going to gather at a park in Fullerton starting at 12 noon. And we know that people might not be able to arrive right at noon, and that's totally fine. You can come. Uh, for those who are ready, you can come as you're able. Um, but again, we're going to be meeting at a local park. We're going to meet at Hillcrest Park in Fullerton, which is just off of Lemon Street. And we're going to meet in the large grassy area um, that will be just off of Lemon on the east side of the park. And we invite you to bring a blanket or a lawn chair. And we do ask you to bring a mask uh, if you're not, for when you're not eating your lunch. We ask you to bring a lunch. This is a time where basically the idea is that we would share lunch together, that we would just connect at a personal level. And also, I'm going to be bringing uh, pre-consecrated uh, communion bread to offer for anyone who would like to partake. There's not going to be a service. There's not going to be liturgy. It's going to be very simple. But it's actually going to look a lot like the early church. In the early church, the way actually they celebrated communion was in the midst of something they called an agape feast, which is basically just a shared meal, a lunch, and, and they would partake of communion. And so that's what this time is going to be. It's going to be very informal. And, and we're going to ask that people uh, kind of cluster in, in groups of no more than 10. And we're going to ask that people social distance in this time, that we really value people's health and safety in this time. And we want to follow all the guidelines uh, that have been given uh, and we're not going to have like a one big all group gathering, uh, but we are so excited for this opportunity we have again to take a step toward greater connection uh, with each other and even with the Lord in this time. And I, I just want to acknowledge that there are going to be, I know there are going to be many people who aren't ready, whether because you have a, 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 an at-risk condition or maybe you're just not ready for that at this time. And we just want to say that is okay and that we love you, we miss you. Um, but if you're local, if you're here in Southern California, we invite you to join us in this next step uh, together as a community. And for those of you who, who are joining us online, maybe you've discovered us online. And if you're local, even if you're new to the church, we would love to have you join us. Uh, and if you're joining us online, but you're somewhere else in the world, uh, we've received notes from people all over the place. And we just want to say we're, we're so happy to have you with us. And if there's any way we can serve you or be of support in this time, we would love to hear from you. Just reach out at hello at thevineoc.com. And again, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to be in touch. But um, we've covered a lot of ground. So I think I'm just going to close this morning with an amen. And, and again, I'll be sharing more vision next week. But as we close this morning, we're just going to turn now. We're going to turn our hearts to the Lord in worship. So wherever you are, I just invite you to stand. Let's really just turn our hearts to the Lord now and worship Him together.